So the topic I've been thinking a bit about is um, recently it's just this power of awareness. The uh, and what I kind of titled this talk is the liberating power of awareness. But really, I was kind of struggling with whether liberating is is appropriate or whether it's healing. The healing power of awareness, because both things are true for me. And I think both things are synonymous, actually, through liberation, based on this kind of mindful awareness, we can have some uh, some healing, you know, some relief of suffering. So that's what I'm going to focus on, I think. Never really know. Just thoughts come and go. And that reminds me of uh, something that I heard years ago, several years ago, I was on a meditation retreat. It was about the fifth night. So I was deep in my struggle in the mind. And this meditation teacher who I had not met before, but just seen for the first time on this, uh, it was this was actually my first uh, Spirit Rock meditation retreat. And uh, his name was Robert Hall. And he He's a great guy, and I, and he he taught me something this night that I've used repeatedly. And he just came out and he sat down. We were sitting, you know, and then rang a bell. A few minutes go by, and he just says, "So have you figured out yet? <laughs> we're not our thoughts. We're not our feelings." And it was like a light bulb, you know. I mean, it was just, it just like every illusion just burned away in that moment. And I, w- I saw clearly that that's what I had been struggling with, as I was trying to identify with every thought, every feeling, all day long. And it was driving me crazy, you know. Because 10, you know, 10 hours of trying to identify with every thought, every feeling is crazy making, right? Yet that's what we do all the time. This is our kind of our natural process of mind. And I I kind of call it freeway of mind. It's like these thoughts and feelings and emotions just zoom, 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 zoom. And and then sometimes we're actually, we actually do, I mean, particularly identify with some of them. And so that experience, that was kind of my first, oh, okay, maybe there's something more to this than just sitting and enduring the pain a little longer. (laughs) And uh, I hope there is anyone. So meditation, you know, through this experience and and through other... uh, Experiences and just in the time I've been practicing, I realized that meditation is a fierce practice of revealing our everyday mind. Revealing when we're sitting in meditation and we're and we're kind of uh, cutting away or we're peeling away the layers of distraction, then we're kind of left with just what is mind and body. What is this awareness? Focused on. 
And I don't know about you, but I have a constant kind of muttering, and uh, constant uh, dialogue about I want a little bit more, a little bit less, or a little this, a little that. I don't like this. I do like that. This is some of what, what's happening in my mind. And I think in all of our minds. So this is an attempt um, to find pleasure and or comfort. And possibly even to avoid discomfort or unpleasant thoughts or feelings. So this is kind of our... our, our uh, it's our defense mechanism you know, to, to have, be constantly distracted. And, you know, fortunately the, or unfortunately, the world is set up to really support this. Right? So this is when we come into this meditation group or we sit silently, then we're, it all kind of arises. So what I love about Vipassana is Vipassana, this insight meditation... You know, takes this untrained everyday mind as a natural starting point and then gives us a clear and systematic way to work with it. To begin to maybe unravel or even uh, disidentify with all that's going on, you know, in, in our, in our imagination or in our minds, in our thoughts, in our feelings. So uh, that's what I'm calling the power of awareness. And so, Mark, I was reading a a book recently as I've been kind of interested in this mix between Eastern uh, thought and Western psychology. And uh, Mark Epstein wrote a book called uh, Thoughts Without a Thinker some years ago, and it's it's one of my favorite books now. It was Wise Heart, but now it's Thoughts Without a Thinker. And so uh, Mark Epstein defined uh, bare awareness or bare attention as this, a clear and single-minded awareness of what is actually or what actually happens to us and in us at the successive moments of perceptions. Right? So bare awareness takes this unexamined mind and opens it up. So we're not trying to change anything, but we're trying to observe the mind, the emotions, the body, just the way they are. This is the mindful awareness. And the Buddha pointed to this you know, time and time again. Most, uh, most clearly in the Satipatthana Sutta, the, the four foundations of mindfulness. Um, but he spoke quite uh, emphatically about... At least I think he spoke. You know what I mean? It's, it's written, right? That um, that the Buddha declared that mindfulness is all helpful. That all things can be mastered by this mindful awareness. So how might we work with that in our daily life? Love and loss, people die, people leave. How do we go on? We do. But how can we do this in a, in a way as practice? So I work a lot with people who um, in some ways are in denial of this uh, constantly changing uh, thoughts and feelings and emotions. 
And I think in some ways we all, at some, on some level, are in denial of this uh, impermanence. And, are, and, and the places that I find uh, my most you know, difficult struggles is when I find myself trying to have things not change. You know, have relationships not end, have jobs not end, you know, whatever the, the is. So this, you know, this constant changing, this, this I mean, this, and this, this lack of, uh, of uh, acceptance of that can be a, a real place of suffering, a place of holding. And so I, you know, I learned some years ago um, a technique that uh, I learned from a Dharma teacher that I find is really applicable uh, to every day. Uh, it's known as rain. So in this mindful awareness, once we're establishing uh, mindfulness, right through this practice, through this mindful focus of breath or body, sound, thought, Feelings, emotions. We can begin to, you know, disidentify by bringing awareness to the arising of thoughts uh, or of feelings, particularly maybe difficult feelings, difficult emotions, memories. So by recognizing, you know, it's just very, it's a really simple practice. If we can recognize the thoughts, feelings, or the, or the emotions as they're arising, then we can begin to accept or allow, which is basically, so we're not trying to avoid, we're not trying to push away, or we're not trying to hold on to, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, we can know this by this by recognizing it the way it is, seeing it for what it is. Then acceptance is is the next uh, kind of uh, step in either letting go or letting be, depending on the way you kind of think about it or look at it. So investigate. Investigate is... uh, how does this feel in my body? Let's say anger or grief, sadness, joy. How does it feel? So connecting the, recogn- the recognition of what's happening, the accepting or allowing whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. This is the difficult part, I think. This has been the challenging part for me, to really accept it just the way it is and not try to push it away or hold on to it. And then investigating. This is a this is a part that you know in the Satipatthana Sutta in the uh, four foundations of mindfulness the uh, the Buddha talks about it again and again using this quality of investigation that our minds are quite good at actually. We we can direct our attention to our moment to moment experience. So investigating maybe where we're feeling or. Where we're holding onto one of these, uh, you know, could be difficult or could be pleasant, painful emotions, feelings, thoughts, whatnot. Where does it manifest in our body? 
And then the important part, and the, the, the part that I think can often get missed, because we could just get into the, the identification, or I mean the uh, investigation of it, and then be stuck right there. And whether it's, if it's pleasant, just really be stuck in the investigation of how pleasant this experience is. And then how, if it's uh, painful, or you know, it's grief, or loss, or you know, an ache, how unpleasant this experience is. And then this last step is really about uh, non-identification right? or disidentification. So we're allowed, so we're we're fully engaged in our experience, our thought, our feeling, our emotion. Yet at the same time, we're seeing that there's more to it than just us. It's not an identification. It's not me. I'm not my anger. I'm not my fear. There's more to it. There's more to the me that I'm calling me anyway. So this is known as RAIN. Recognize, accept, investigate, and non-identify. And I can't remember how many years ago I learned it, but again, like that, we are not our thoughts, we are not our feelings. In the middle of a meditation retreat, while struggling with some painful feelings or emotions that were coming up about past, as they do. Uh, Diana Winston, a friend of mine and also a Dharma teacher, kind of gave this talk about using rain as a way of, of working with uh, difficult feelings and emotions as they're arising. And I found it quite helpful. And so... In my own practice, uh, this is where the, the you know kind of the liberation or the healing has come in. That prior to uh, understanding and, and practicing, um, well, I don't understand all of it. That's for sure. But prior to the coming to more understanding of the Buddha Dharma, right? Of this this teaching that has been passed down from generation to generation for thousands of years, and retranslated and repackaged in a way that gets uh, digestible when I heard this rain it, something clicked inside of me you know I had done some psychotherapy as a kid because I was forced to, to talk about my feelings <laughs> you know so I had a little bit of understanding of okay so maybe there's something that I'm trying to avoid that keeps coming back it's actually not going anywhere and when I sat in meditation you know, started sitting in meditation for periods of time and doing retreats, then it all came back. All the unresolved stuff. And and there I was, right? Crying in my cushion. Which many teachers say is the beginning of true practice, you know, which I'm I'm glad to have heard that. Because yeah. <laughs> I thought I was failing miserably. Right. So so part of this this practice has has been about uh, really touching into some of the difficult stuff, but not all by itself. That's the wonderful thing, right? Is that there there's so much, you know, the, uh, uh, it's talked about in the Buddhist teachings the ten thousand joys and the ten thousand sorrows of this life, of this practice, of this you know this being, this samsara. This you know, life that we're in, this cycle, and so 
by using rain, by being able to recognize and accept or allow, by investigating into, you know, what what is this present time experience, whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. And then to non-identify or disidentify, not disassociate, right? Not shove it away, right? Which is what I did for years. I just pushed harmful, painful thoughts, you know, things that happened, things that I'd done, whatever. Um, And thus, you know, kind of creating uh, more and more (coughs) suffering for myself. And that uh, this is something that I've heard described as uh, suffering on top of suffering. Mm-hmm. Like there is the suffering of life, right? That we all have to endure to a certain degree. We, are, we will at least experience. And then there is when we cling or push away to, uh, around that suffering. And then we cause another layer of suffering. Right? And this is often what we're just experiencing when we're trying to avoid. We're so busy trying to avoid you know, pain that we're causing suffering. <laughs> it's, just, it's an interesting thing, right? So Ajahn Sumedho, uh, one of my one of my favorite teachers, he's kind of the grandfather of the uh, Thai forest tradition, um, talks about this mindful awareness in in and liberation in in a really clear way. So he says, awareness is your refuge. Awareness of the changingness of feelings, of attitudes, of moods, of material change. Stay with that because it's because it's a refuge that is indestructible. It's not something that changes. It's a refuge that can be trusted in. This refuge is not something that you create. It's not a creation. It's not an ideal. It's very practical and a very simple but easily overlooked or not noticed. Right? When you're mindful, uh, you're beginning to notice it's like this. So, uh, And he calls it, it's like this practice. Or suchness, or thisness, and so in using rain, the first piece is to recognize, right? And then that acceptance is about, oh, it's like this. Pain is like this. Joy is like this. Whatever the experience of this life is, and particularly, I'm, I'm talking about working in meditation or working in, you know, in your own life individually or with a therapist or whatever a loved one with a partner but it's like this for me is so freeing as soon as I was able to, to just be able to stop and say oh yeah it's like this you know love is like this pain is like this for some reason it allows a little bit of a buffer for me it has allowed a bit of a buffer for me to see a little more clearly that that uh, idea of anicca, impermanence, that which arises passes away. If I can uh, disidentify from my own pain a little bit, um, 
then I can, it, it, I, I can actually allow it, let it go, allow it to uh, dissipate. It's not an easy practice. So I was thinking of uh, just one other thing that came up early on. You know, I've, I've done some psychotherapy training, and I work with clients, and and there was a, a way in which people, or, or this teacher of mine, uh, had years ago, talked about um, when before we recognize, right? Before we can step onto that understanding of oh, I recognize, you know, recognizing my pain. Then it's familiar, predictable, safe, and painful. And we stay on a cycle of familiar, predictable, safe, and painful. Kind of like the freeway of thoughts I was talking about. So this moment of clarity of, oh, I'm not my thoughts. I'm not my feelings. Was the beginning of me recognizing that there's more, that there, maybe there's more here in this power of awareness. Maybe there's more to meditation than just Trying to not have knee knee pain or have my foot fall asleep or you know <laughs> counting my breaths maybe there's more counting my breaths saved me for years you know I would have left this practice if I didn't learn that so if you're new here count your breaths one to ten then start at one again so. For, for me, this familiar, predictable, safe, and painful um, cycle was how I lived, say, the first you know, 20, 20 odd years of my life. Where I just kept in this cycle, and then and, and, until I went to that retreat, and this, you know, I had this one, you know, there's been others, but that was the particular, I remember that being a poignant moment of realization of, oh, I'm not my thoughts. <laughs> Thank God. You know? <laughs> Because my thoughts were out to get me, you know. They were telling me to do not so good things, or at least not so good things to myself, or believe not so good things. And so when I began to kind of do this practice and 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 recognize and accept and investigate, and then non-identify with what was what the process was, relief began to come, liberation I began to experience. And I've only you know. At the moments, you know what uh, Ajahn Buddha Dasabhikhu calls uh, uh, little nibbanas, right? Moments of, of awareness, moments of freedom. Nibbana being, you know, release or liberation from suffering. The thing that I love about um, this practice is that that can happen every time, in every moment. That can happen. We can have little nibbana. So that's about it for me. I don't have a whole lot more to say. I just kind of thought I would touch. I was particularly touched tonight. Um, Mary Grace asking me to be here, and then she was here too. So you know, the heat is on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll so, take a vote on how you did. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I want to thank you for your attention and. Your awareness, your presence, and also open up. To, we're just to open up for some questions about anything that I talked about. And the, another good thing about Mary Grace being here is that you know, if, if the questions are too deep, I can just go. Whoosh. And if they're really deep, I can hand them back. Yeah. <laughs>
So thank you.